Canadian bacon? Shrinkage comes off so much nicer. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Dweez Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. So we got a show. Welcome back to your football fantasy. Dweez Nuts here alongside the Big Wiz, the original duo here, ready to uh, hit you with some fantasy playoff-worthy takes. Are you in all of your fantasy playoffs? There, Mr. Wiz. No. What's your what? What is it? Look well, like? we are in one. We are the one seed. The number in one our seed. Dynasty are we playing Froggy? If he wins this week, that's where you get a buy. That's right. Mm-hmm. We are. Um, in my other league does not do playoffs. I I wouldn't. I'm not even in the top. I'm not playing for it anyways. Yeah. Um, and no, in my other league, I'm not. Which is flexual frustration. Yeah. That's the only league I'm not in the playoffs. I have two buys. Two fours, I think I'm a four and a five in my other two leagues, and then the one I'm not. And what do you think got you there? Was it was it drafting? Well, my drafts were great. My drafts were great. I drafted Chris Godwin everywhere, Cooper Cup everywhere. They had great early seasons. My early seasons got me everywhere I'm at outside of our, our dynasty. I won a lot of games early on, and then some of those guys that I just mentioned stopped playing, and I fell off pretty hard. I missed, I missed in my home league, I missed a bye this week by one half a point. That pisses you off, doesn't it? One half a point. I have 400 points more than the guy in second place in our league who got the bye. But he won his matchup to keep him one game ahead of me in the record by half a fucking point in half point PPR this week. I was waiting for that stat correction. It never came. So maybe this week and for the rest of these playoffs, my takes are going to be better than yours. It sounds like all year my takes have been better than yours, Wiz, which is why I'm in most of my playoffs and you're... The only league that you made the playoff and you did it on my coattails. Mostly because of my ability to, to be a GM and tell you what we should be doing. Yeah. I do listen to you half the time. Half the time you give me advice and I do the exact opposite. Which is by half the time we lose. It pays off. What was the one week? Well, last week we both made a bad decision, I think. We both. I, so I almost texted you that I was going to sit Latavius Murray and play two other guys. Gallup, I think. Um, but you talked me into it. Well, it was play pick, pick two, in. right? Yeah. Yeah, Murray was bad. I don't understand because he went a terrible... He had four yards four or Four carries or something. Two yeah. yards on four carries. It was ugly. Um, probably, probably not worth starting anymore. But anyway, let, let's do a show. Let's have the news so that we can get to the shot. This week in football. So, uh, last week I listed some guys that were finally back. Apparently I was wrong about Adam Thielen, who was not only not back last week, he's he is officially out again this <laughs> week. This is a guy that has been very clear from the moment he got injured that he refuses to step back on the field until he is 100% healthy. What was it, Doug Baldwin last season? He said the last time he was 100% healthy, he was like six. Yeah, three sets. Something. Um, which, that's got to ring true for professional athletes. If you're not dealing with something, you're probably not doing it right. Is this a selfish thing? On the part of Adam Thielen, is he just trying to save his body for his next contract, which has to be coming up at some point, or did they just ink him they, back for? Yeah, they signed him and Diggs. I thought. So about what's two going years on? Ago. Why is he not on the field? And is it going to happen? Should I just fucking cut him? What the fuck with Adam Thielen? My my look. 
in one of my leagues that I made the playoffs in, Adam Thielen and Juju Smith-Schuster were my two wide receivers. Well, you're clearly not starting those two. I don't. I, I haven't started them in yeah. a long okay. fucking time. Yeah, it is selfish, especially for a team that, in in, in reality, is vying for the playoffs here to get They're a wild card. They're currently sitting in a wild card spot, right? Yep. I would not recommend cutting him, though. I think still there's talent, and if you're playing in the playoffs, this guy does have it. Yeah, I mean he's and the, qu- he's the team puts up points. Questionable each of the last two weeks, so. But he did and this. He did this. He did this last year too. I mean, he went one, one through eight, he was a top wide receiver. Fell off the fucking face of the earth and eventually kind of came back toward, towards the end. And as Bullfrog pointed out to the both of us after last week's games, Diggs has been dropping passes. Like, he's not playing great, so I'm sure Cousins would relish the idea of having Thielen back to carry a lot of the load because Diggs is on and again, off again thing is just not. Uh, we talked about this last week. I think Diggs, Diggs is a good receiver. Half the time. From a fantasy perspective, he's a good number two. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, all right, Great so a couple guys that are back to practice this week, whether they're playing this week or not, is up in the air. Austin Hooper is back to practice, probably not going to play. Hard time believing he would play. This week, but maybe next week. Marlon Mack is back at practice, and he will be playing this week. As of right now, I don't think he was even on the most recent injury report. He'll play. So that's a solid. He'll go. Carry on Johnson off the IR back at practice. Again, Chance he plays? Not going to play this week. There's a good chance, unless something happens at practice, that he'll be back next week, though. Which, again, I've got on Johnson in a lot of places. I cut him in my league. I'd love to see him back on the field. I mean... How could you... I could not tell our listeners to pick him up at this point. If, the, I, team if, doesn't, the team hasn't put up enough points. So or, The running backs don't. Out of the two leagues I have him in, one of the leagues has an IR spot. He's just sitting on the IR spot, which is easy. Um, the other league, I've stashed him, but it's a relatively deep bench, so I've been able to keep him since week whatever he got injured at. Um, but yeah, if he can come back, I'm going to play him. I mean, there there have been other guys who have had serviceable fantasy backs or, or weeks in this backfield. Kerryon Johnson is more talented than all of them. I don't love the coaching staff. I don't like the team. I don't like much about it, but Kerryon Johnson is talented. I think there's too many... And at this point, he's been sitting on your bench anyways. There's other receivers out there that have that can put up points. There's even weird fucking running backs named Laird who can put up points. That's coming up later? This guy right now does is not any different than those players. Well, I've kept him for so fucking long that he is going to be in my starting line. Emotion, buddy. Control your emotions. It's all about the heart. Fuck the head. It's about the heart. We don't play smart. We play with the heart. On the flip side of this whole thing, James Conner, Jordan Howard, both still not even cleared to to have contact yet, I don't think we're going to see James Conner back during this fantasy season at all, which is a damn shame. Howard, we will at some point. We will, but he wasn't great leading but up that's to gonna this hurt. injury. That will hurt Miles. Will hurt Miles Sanders, who also has not been playing great in his time as the lead back there. But, but I think his average uh, yards per touch I, I, it was 3.8, somewhere in there. Bad, running not ball. very good. But yeah, he catches a pass. He catches a pass out of the backfield. He's just fine there. Dalvin Cook is going to play this week. If you've been the Cook owner that rode him into your fantasy playoffs, seeing him leave the game last week and not come back was scary, especially because it was a game that they they were fighting to win. I mean, this was not a no, the game wasn't over when he went out, and he just didn't come back in. I would. I have a hard time understanding why Zimmer would not. Why Zimmer would keep him out of the game. Maybe it was Cook himself that decided to stay out. They said it was precautionary. He had hurt his shoulder a few weeks ago, uh, and this was sort of a re... just kind of dinged it, right? He he was a little bit concerned. 
so the question is this, right? Anytime a guy misses time like that, anytime a guy gets hit in a way and then doesn't come back in the game, even if he's not injured, like, should there be concern? Like, what if he somebody lands on him again next week and he misses half the game? Are you concerned about starting this guy? Are you saying, look, you got to start your studs. This guy is the stud of studs this year at the running back position outside of CMC. Outside of CMC, this, uh, I'm, yeah, he has been the absolute stud outside CMC. So to me, I'm not sure how you could know that he's going to start and not put him in your lineup. Just It's just a little scary. Sure it is. Let's look at the flip side of this. Alexander Madison came in and got a lot of work. Madison <laughs> was getting more and more and work anyway. Uh, the fact that Cook had that scare, you know, maybe the, the team is thinking playoffs. It, is Madison going to get more look here? Does he become flexible at some point? The problem is is that they are still buying for the wild card. They haven't locked it up. They've got to win games. And the better player is Cook. That's so true. I'm not sure how Madison becomes relevant until they lock it up. I'm going to watch closely this week to see what happens in that backfield. If Madison does start getting more work, look, I have him as a handcuff in a couple of leagues with Cook. It may be that I start him. I don't know what the schedule looks like, but there, there's a world in which Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison might both start for me in a fantasy playoff matchup. We'll see. Paris Campbell is going to be returning uh, for Indianapolis this week. T.Y. Hilton doesn't think he's going to be back at all. Eric Ebron's out of this game. Chester Rogers is not playing for this team. It's a, it's a depleted wide receiver core, depe- depleted pass-catching core for Indianapolis. Zach Pascal's the only guy whose name you even know. Uh, well, Jack Doyle. Catching passes for this team right now. Does that mean Paris Campbell is immediately startable? He was having a he was having opportunity wise in the last couple of games he played. I think he had eight targets or so each of those two games. Do we do we throw him right out there? I don't think you can, mostly because this team just has been putting up its own points early on. Brissett, Hoyer didn't matter. They were getting two touchdowns a game. They've kind of fallen off the wayside. I'm not. I wouldn't roll him out there automatically. So. I kind of tend to agree with you. I always, I'm always wary whenever somebody comes back. I'm going to see how they're going to be used. But I will say this: playing against Tampa Bay, I expect Paris Campbell to be in a lot of my daily lineups for next to nothing. Yeah, he's going to be cheap as shit. Fuck yes. Eli Manning returns to football. This is big news. Daniel Jones has a high ankle sprain. Might be a few weeks. Should be a few weeks. Eli is going to finish out the regular season, going to finish out the fantasy season. Evan Ingram's coming back this week, should be. Golden Tate's healthy. Sterling Shepard's finally healthy. Healthy. This is the same New York Giants team we saw at the beginning of the season. This is exciting news. What do we do? It's not that exciting. No, it's really not that exciting. Who are the pieces on this team you like with Eli Manning at the helm? Who do you like more? Who do you like less? Tell me what you think. Uh, the only per- only. The only piece of this pie that I actually do like here is Barkley. Okay, that's it. Who has been bad? He's been he's been useless to be honest. Yes, I I can't imagine. I mean, I mean, Shepard was actually worse with Eli Manning there. Tate didn't really matter. Ingram, I guess, was kind of usable. Um, maybe Ingram. I love me some Ingram again. Have Ingram in a few places. Been waiting to play him. Excited to do it. I don't care who the quarterback is with a guy like Ingram because either. Evan Ingram has a great matchup against a defense that can't cover him, or he doesn't. It doesn't matter who's throwing the ball. It seems to me like just about anybody could throw a seam route to a wide-open tight end. Well, you'd like to think that, yes. I'd like to think that. 
Uh, let's talk about Carolina for a few minutes here. Ron Rivera, head coach, fired. Norv Turner, offensive coordinator, fired from this team just this week. This was the big news. Ron Rivera has been a great coach on this team for a long time. Winning record over the course of his time. Came from the Bears where he was a great D coordinator before he got hired out there. Uh, took him to a Super Bowl, for Christ's sakes. But yeah. his, his time is up. Is it one or two NFC championships? Just one? Um, it might just be the one. I'm not sure. Uh, his time is up there anyway. Perry Fuel takes over as the interim head coach. Uh, look, a week ago, Perry Fuel was a defensive backs coach here. The reason he gets his interim job is because he was in Buffalo. As a head coach. And he got to be the interim head coach in Buffalo. Yeah. Uh, so he has literally done this thing before. He's He's been a defensive backs coach since basically 1998. A couple of stints as D coordinators with the Giants when they won a Super Bowl. With Buffalo in 2006-2009, pretty good defense, top seven or so in a lot of categories in that 2008 season. So he, he can coordinate an okay defense, a decent defense, pretty good at the defensive backs coach position. Uh, I think he went, he had a losing record as interim head coach for Buffalo, but it was obviously a bad team that he stepped into. I don't know what to expect here. I don't think much is going to change on this team. I don't, I'm don't. i not very excited about this change. Sometimes you see a coach leave and you're like, okay, opportunity abounds here. Something's going to happen. Maybe there's going to be a spark. Perry Fuel doesn't seem to be the guy to do that for me. Then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Norv Turner fired. Uh, his son, Scott Turner, gets to step up and take over <laughs> play calling. I was just telling the wife, in 2017, Scott Turner was a quality control coach the University of Michigan. Two years later, he is now the offensive co- interim offensive coordinator for an NFL team. That's awesome. Sort of screams nepotism. A little bit. A little bit to me. Slightly. Coach quarterbacks. He's coached wide receivers. A couple of NFL teams here and there. A lot since college. 2007, he was coaching high school football. Uh, he said in his, over and over and over, he said in his uh, press conference, look, I'm going to be me, but like, I don't think anything is going to change. Perry Fuel said the same thing. We're deep in the season. Our identity is kind of what it is already. I don't expect anything to change. Well, that's, that's kind of honest, at least. Yeah, so so I don't, you know, I'm not excited about this necessarily. If I'm the CMC owner, maybe a dip, if anything. Well, if, I'm a DJ, if, I'm a, if I'm a DJ Moore owner, which is really the only other player on this team who's been fantasy worthy of late, Maybe a dip. Like, I just don't expect anything. Uh, to me, it just depends on, on how the game is. If it's a high-scoring game, I think it probably helps them out. Low-scoring game, because fucking they gave up like the fucking Cowboys did last, yesterday. Oh, God. Then, uh, yeah, it'll be bad. So there's that. There's that. Doesn't look like Perry Fuel's going to get that job. Um, all the all the scuttlebutt in Carolina is that they want an offensive-minded coach. We all do. There. So that that could be good. Maybe moving into the future. Would some you of your sell Carolina Matt Nagy? And Mitchell for Cam Newton right now. We might not have to. I'm just asking, if you could package the two of them for Cam Newton, would you do it? No. You wouldn't? Mm-mm. Really? Yeah, I've seen Cam Newton play over the last couple of years. Interesting. Well, he, you're, you're, right, you're riding the Mitchell Trubisky high right now. He's not great. You're riding well, the Mitchell Trubisky high. Yeah, yesterday he threw three <laughs> touchdowns. So like, And ran one in. Yeah. 38 points, motherfucker. Ask me next week, <laughs> after, after the Green Bay game, what I would do, and I might have a different answer. So there's your news. The, oh, who else did we want to say is back at the quarterback position that I didn't put in here? That you did not put Ooh. in there. Oh, oh the mustache, mustache man. Gardner Minshew. Um, 
it, this is a perfect lead-in to our next segment because I spent a good portion of last week's episode sucking Nick Foles' dick. <laughs> yeah, you did. In fact, I told the, my our listeners here that I'm a Deshaun Watson owner, and I sat Deshaun Watson so Woo! that I could play Nick Foles. You didn't win that week, did you? And I sat down here watching this screen in front of us with old Canadian Bacon himself just lamenting the worst decision <laughs> I've ever made in fantasy football. I think Deshaun Watson was the number two fantasy quarterback yeah, last week behind Aaron Rodgers. And Nick Foles had negative four points before he was pulled at halftime. And he's done for the year, folks! Now, I did say... Not only that people should pick him up and start him last week. I said he's somebody that you should be able to start for the rest of Going the season. Going forward. I fully transfer that without any hesitation <laughs> to Gardner Minshew. I believe the same thing I believed about the schedule prior. I believe the same thing I believe about the offensive weapons prior to that. Now, the offensive line looked like garbage when Foles was in, but they played a lot better with Minshew in there. Um, I think Minshew, not Foles, is great. But like I said, good lead into our next segment. I said some terrible things, and for it, it's time to pay. Let's take some shots, sir. Just a real quick rundown. I owe five shots. Five shots, guys. Because my, uh, my Chris Carson can't get it up went awry. He ended running back 11. Funny thing is, I said part of that was because Rashad Penny was going to come in and do well. Rashad Penny scored two touchdowns last week. Yeah, he did good. had 15 carries. Mm-hmm. So that was right. Minnesota just forgot how to stop the fucking run. Yes, they did. And then there was a Nick Foles streamer bet. And here's a historic moment. I lost Would You Rather to the Big Wiz. <laughs> nice job. There was finally one bet in there that I've got to take. I took Mark Ingram to beat Miles Sanders. It was really just an extension of would you rather. That's my five shots. Wiz, you picked Sam Darnold as your stud quarterback wide receiver 30. That motherfucker just disappeared. Disappeared. Most disappointing game in a long time. Your flex traffic guy, A.J. Brown, scored least out of all of ours. D.D. Westbrook and Joe Mixon both were viable flex options this week. Viable, you are right. Not very good overall. Look. 15 points for Mixon, 16.5 for Didi. Not too bad. I, I just don't get mixed, the whole Mixon train still. He scored. That's what it was. No, the only, otherwise, he had very defender. average points. Finally, you owe me a shot for Daily, where you, once again in Daily Deep Throw, you finished dead ass last in the group. Great job, buddy. It was a rough week. Most of them are. Uh, also, you lost the uh, Ronald Jones Melvin Gordon bet to me. Mm hmm. We add another shot for you and our boy Wolfpack because in week 10, the last time you guys were on the show, I bet that Golden Tate would outperform both Hollywood Brown and Zach Pascal. And Golden Tate, you all laughed. Golden Tate was a wide receiver five on that week. So we got shots to take. Let's do it. Let's start with this brand new screwball peanut butter whiskey. That's what I'm starting with. Fuck it. That sounds delicious. What do you want? I guess I'll start with that. Let's see how many I can actually take today. Tell the people why you're struggling today. Like, I went to fucking Phoenix, so I am struggling for that. Because last week you puked all over yourself. Friday, I did barf. After the show, I had way too much fun, folks. Listeners, if you're paying attention, if you're a longtime follower of the show, you understand that that means there's only one person, one host of this show that has yet to throw up after drinking. Oh my god, that smells great. That's me. I'm great at all things. Might even be the lightest one out of the group. I am. 
I weigh the least of all of you. How much you weigh? 160. Yes, you are. Toast. Oh, that tastes bad. <laughs> That's a, such a weird... <laughs> oh. The aftertaste, though, is nice. <laughs> nice aftertaste, bro. That's a fucking weird flavored whiskey, my man. Screwball. Brought to you by Meyer. Yeah, I bought it at Meyer. Oh, to the Misfits, Black Sheep, and Screwballs. What a fucking weird ass whiskey that is. I, I like it now. It's... <clears throat> Butterscotchy. It's, it's finishing nice. Speaking of butterscotch, that's my second shot. we got to tone it down a little bit for number two here. <laughs> Cheers. Ugh. Oh, fuck. That's not butterscotch. That's peach. We ran out of butterscotch. Go ahead and take that. I'm going to line up our next segment. Ooh. Ooh. I got a couple of canker sores in my mouth right now because I'm feeling real stressed out due to this retirement. The herpes came back? Yeah, and my God, that whiskey really burned those... Those sores. Well, maybe that's what you can do with herpes. You can just burn the shit out of I them. should be taking shots of vodka. Clean those things out. Clean those things out real nice. I got my tongue pierced in college. <laughs> <laughs> I got my Is tongue... that for the blowjobs you were giving or what? Yeah, yeah. I heard it I heard it felt better. So I got my tongue pierced in college. Oh, that's awesome. And like, you know, they tell you, uh, use this to clean it so many times a day. Instead, I just went back that night and I drank like a fifth of vodka. <clears throat> Right as rain the next day, man. Fucking cleaned every all. It was great. No infection can survive a four dollar bottle of Kamchatka vodka. Okay, <laughs> it's a real winner. Oh, that was that that, that tongue. How long did I keep that thing? In? Got home, Mike ripped it out. He tried. He chased me around the house and grabbed it and told me he was gonna tear it out <laughs> of my mouth. And I I cried to him and I said, "Please let me unscrew it. That sounds really bad." So I took that out of my mouth. It was like, I don't know, a month I had it in there before he, he ripped it out. Yeah, so so I took it out, and then there was just this hole. And then I went to my girlfriend, and I tried to go down on her. And she's like, I don't want you putting that gross-ass tongue on my <laughs> I never tasted that puss again. That was the last opportunity I would have had. You didn't do it. I, well, she wouldn't let me. Yeah. There was a hole in my tongue that would bleed a little. Kind of exciting. It was a very exciting time in my life. Let's do the next segment Herpes while we, holds con your tongue, holds while we continue these shots. Big Wiz and his stat of the week. Over the last 10 weeks, this running back is tied with CMC with 10 rushing TDs. Who is it? Over six weeks? Over the last 10 weeks, right? So most of the season here, this running back is tied with CMC. Aaron Jones. It is Aaron Jones. Nice job on that one. I am like, I'm on fire. I'm carrying it over from last week, baby. I thought you would have gone with Derrick Henry, and him and Cooker tied with nine. Would have been my second game. guess would have been Derrick Henry if you told me Jones was wrong. Over the last ten weeks, this wide receiver leads the league with ten TDs. This one's a little bit deeper, harder. You won't get it because you're not deep or hard. This is Not right now. Soft as fuck, that peanut butter whiskey. Ten touchdowns for this wide receiver. One TD. Per week, this is the average. 10 TDs over 10 weeks. Who is it? Ooh. That's got to be... Michael Thomas. No. That's got to be... Mike Evans. No. Chris Godwin. No. God. Those are like the top three fucking wide receivers. Um, Is it... Tandem. I think tandems. I was one thinking tandems when I went to Tampa Bay. Jarvis Landry. 
Kenny Galladay. It's Marvin Jones. Jesus Marvin Jones. Christ, I lost it, guys. I had it for a second, and I lost it immediately. Over the last 10 weeks, this wide receiver is the second in receptions. The number one here is Michael Thomas with 90 receptions. Who is number two? In receptions over, over the, the last, last 10 weeks. Michael Thomas leads it with 90. Who is number two? Jarvis Landry. You should take a shot for that one by yourself. How I know he's been catching a lot of fucking balls is what he I'm doesn't saying. doesn't lead the league in fucking receptions over 10 weeks. It'd be number two. It'd be number two. Did is we- it Devontae Parker? I-, I lost it, man. I don't fucking know. Who is it? All right. I will take this one from you because you're that bad. It actually surprisingly here, folks, because he's had a very bad season. Nuke. DeAndre Hopkins DeAndre at Hopkins. 73, which I thought is interesting because he's been pretty much, he's been MIA. Yes, he has been. Last but not least here, courtesy of our long-lost host, Froggy. Mm. Interesting stat that he texted us. This running back's last 16 games, he has gone for 17-25. I think this was two weeks ago he sent this to us. In 20 fucking 20 TDs. So, you have to say that whole thing He has again. gone for 1,725 yards in 20 TDs over his last 16 games. Oh, yeah, that's Derrick Henry. Derek fucking Henry, the last person who did that, went for over 1,700 yards in 18 TDs was Chris Johnson, and I think the only two other guys was Earl Campbell and... LT. It was Barry. Seriously? Yeah. Fuck, man. Too bad he can't put a whole season together. Actually, this season... Are you talking about Froggy, or... Well, he definitely can't fucking... (laughs) You know what? He texted me today, he said he might be back for week 16. I said, I don't know if we're going to have room for you. (laughs) Here's a shot. What, are you done? I'll go back with the screwball taste it again. Yeah, I'll do another screwball. Shot. This is my number four. What was that, your number three? Mm-hmm. Get after it. Yeah. It doesn't start easy, the peanut butter, but the finish. I, th- I think you got to... God damn, that finish is great. And now for more dumb shit I heard this week. Okay, so this dumb shit is titled, Samoans Be Dying. I mentioned earlier, 200,000 people live on the island of Samoa. That's important because there has been a an outbreak in Samoa of raw idiocy. Anti-vaxxers are taking over the country of Samoa. Two weeks ago, 24 children died of measles because of these anti-vaxxers. Last week, that number jumped to 60 Children in a in a country of two hundred thousand people died of measles. So 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 we're saying sixty children over two weeks out of two hundred thousand. We're saying maybe twenty five percent are under the age of four fifteen. Yeah, not good. So this is what the, this is what the government did. Okay, they imposed a mandatory vaccination. Oh, good. They told people if they've been vaccinated, they're hanging red flags on their doors, or if they haven't, they're hanging red flags on their doors. So the Scarlet government would come letter. around and force shots on you. More like, more like the uh, uh, Auschwitz. Not as much further back than that. When Moses, when Jesus told yeah. Moses to paint the Jewish doors with lamb's blood so they can kill the firstborn of all the Christians. Religions are great. Um, people are really upset in Samoa because they're not letting them be fucking stupid. At the same time, brand new study in Denmark involving 650,000 children proved beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's no fucking link between vaccinations and autism, people. God damn it. Quick, God. quick question for you. 
my wife and I had this discussion the other yeah. three weeks ago because I was going to India and talking about fucking you know inoculations and God knows what else. I did not think it was fucking physically possible to die from like measles. Oh my god, yes. I just didn't think it was. I'm like, no way. Like because we live in a world with I vaccinations. Know. I agree with you. This is why this is just mind numbing to you. Fuck me. I mean, honestly, the, the Samoans. I feel for you, but this is evolution. You, Dude, you, you should survive. It's, yeah, exactly. It's, it's survival of the fittest, mentally and physically. You know what? There's. It wouldn't be terribly surprising to me if sometime in the next couple of years, or even in the next four months, Bullfrog came to us and said, you know what? We're anti-vaccination. No. Not, we're not going to vaccinate our new baby. It wouldn't surprise me that much. I don't think it's possible. He's also the same guy that said, you know what? I don't know if I'm, I'm going to vote for Trump again. I might. He said that last week. No, he did not. Yeah, maybe two weeks ago. Fuck me. Trumpy, Trumpy's... Trumpy's not doing so well right now. That's my dumb shit. Oh, yeah. Kind of sweet. Kind of shitty. This week, I would just want to tell you about the top performers of the week, okay? Because the top three hasn't really changed that much. Jake's blog fell out of the top three down to number four. I don't even know who took his place. You're still second. I'm still first. But this week, Shane... Our boy Shane, remember $25,000 Shane? Who? Shane? Yeah, I know. I'm... Okay. 113 <laughs> points this week. He was the leading scorer of the week. Number two on the week was the the world's most dominating three in the pink, two in the stink player. That's me at 111 points. But get this. Get this. With 102 points. In third place on the week was the cave of motherfucking excellence, baby. She jumped from 28th place to 21st place in one week. I'm so proud of her. You're going you're gonna to taste that asshole later for it? I don't think I'm going to get down there. The bottom three weekly performances went like this. Sideline Squibs scored a negative 70. Allen, a.k.a. the Wolfpack, scored a negative 79. And our returning champion, Giancarlo Libertino, disappoints with a negative 144. That's a lot of points. How did he do so bad? That's a, that's, that's a fucking abomination. That's uh, it's, it's, it's about right. That's about right. I can pull it up for you. Um, while I do that, I'll tell you a couple notes on the week. We have a new most positive points in the week. Eight. Only eight people scored in the negative this week, which was really impressive. Uh, did I see that correctly? The, do- the doctor, the old friend of the show, the doctor scored in the positive. The doctor scored in the positive. Well, Most people scored in the positive, even the doctor who had, I think he's got three positive scores on the entire season. Let's see what Giancarlo's dealing with. Oh, this week, his balls deep player, Tyler Lockett, oh. put up a goose egg, zero fucking points. Wolfpack Allen also had Tyler Lockett in his balls deep. That's why they're two of the lowest scoring players of the week, right? Odell Beckham Jr. had another uh, doozy of a game. 65 positive points for the bunch of us that picked him, and there were a bunch. Anthony Miller has been stepping it up lately. Your Chicago Bear, Anthony Miller. He is the most picked just-a-tip player. I think there's six or eight guys that picked him, and he's finally starting to pay off Is that because Tyler Gabriel's hurt and Tyler Gabriel's been out? Yeah, and I, and, and I don't know that when Taylor Gabriel... It's Taylor. It's when Taylor Gabriel comes back... Taylor, he's, Tyler. If he's going to step up. Anthony Miller is trying to make a role for himself and his team. Unfortunately, he keeps doing things like 
dropping ball. Running like the wrong third, route. Like that third down pass at the end of game that would have killed the game if he caught the ball, bounced right off a of hand. He keeps doing that shit. And he, I, I hear he has problems understanding the offense sometimes. There's a lot here. But the thing that you love about Anthony Miller is that this tiny dude will, will go... Full Amendola and catch the ball regardless of what's going to happen to him right Talking after. Talking about does. our home team here for two seconds and the, and the, what they produced last this week, I should say. Um, it was it was three weeks ago when you couldn't fucking play a single person on this offense just because how miserable they were. Yeah, you are now at a point where your A Rob's top ten wide receiver, easy play. A- Anthony Miller might be, and Mitchell Trubisky's now relevant. Do they do they fix it or is this just you you can't you don't trust them yet? As the announcers pointed out in last night's game, very good job by them by the way. Most of their wins, yeah, came against shitty teams like the Lions twice. And who who was the other one? The Giants, right? Those so their last three wins they went through Giants, Washington. Now last night's game was a big win against the Cowboys, but let's not discredit the fact that the Cowboys suck shit right now. They're just a bad team right now. They may have an okay record. They were 6-6 six six going in, and people may still think they're good based on the way they started this season, but they're not a very good team either. In fact, now, what, four games in a row the Bears have won, and not a single one of those teams has a winning record right now? Yes. So have they figured it out? I don't know. Next three weeks, we got Green Bay, we got Kansas City, and we got Minnesota. That's your proving ground, right? Like, I would start Allen Robinson next week against Green Bay, but I'm not starting Miller. I'm not starting Trubisky. Yeah, Allen Robinson, you can, you can start I'm, and have some trust. I'm scared. Well, we'll see what happens next week and then over the next three weeks. Is this team legit? Have they figured it out? We know that Nagy cut the play card in half. You can yep. see it on the fucking film, watching one game to the next, which is what he needed to do because Trubisky's a fucking idiot. He's a moron. He can't handle it when he plays. But again, good coach versus bad coach. Good coaches figure out things to make the best out of their players they have. And not vice versa. Absolutely. And that's what Nagy did all season last season. He finally got around to it. I told you before we started, like, Nagy had her whole offseason to sit around and draw plays on napkins, and he just came up with too many fancy shit. He got too fancy, which is what he does. Yes. Uh, I will say, I will say after last night, like, Trubisky's figuring some stuff out too. You simplify things for him, and this is true of all young quarterbacks. You simplify things for him, it makes it easier for them to process. Well, and he's no longer trying to read four different fucking people out there. That's true. And he's also he's also decided, you know what, maybe it's okay if I just tuck it and run. Mm-hmm. And it's true, he's fast. That's that's an aside. We don't need to talk about the Bears forever. Sure. We could have a whole separate podcast probably about the goddamn Bears. But we're not going to do that because the people don't <laughs> care. You know how many Bears fans are out there these days? Lots. I was in Phoenix and a fucking bar was cheering. That may have been where I saw a screwball. Let's move on to the show this week. Let's talk. Week 14, let's talk fantasy playoffs because some of us are still in the fucking playoff hunt, baby! That, oh, he's, this is, you know, at end of the, this is, he's the next big thing. Pour me another shot. What did you take? What are you taking here? I can't go to Peppermint after the peanut butter. What a terrible combination of things. It's good, try it. Alright, fine, fucking pour it. Alright, I'm first. Mm-mm. Mm. Ooh, I'm for hook, oh, yeah. I'm first. I got quarterbacks this week, and I'm going to pick Kirk Cousins versus the Detroit Lions. Look, if you if you take out the Dwayne Haskins game, which was, I think, his first or second, maybe third start, Haskins sucks is what I'm getting at. If you take that out, Detroit <coughs> is averaging 315 yards and three touchdowns to quarterbacks that they're playing against since their week five bye. That's a, that's a big sample size. And that's a lot of yards. That's a lot of touchdowns. That's their average. 
right now, guys. Uh, Trubisky has thrown fucking six touchdowns against this team. They threw six against him in November, for fuck's sake. Mitchell Trubisky. Two three-touchdown games. Mitchell Trubisky. And he's bad. On the year... Oh, I started that and I didn't finish. Detroit is 30th in receiving yards against... Um, they're not good. Quarterbacks are having a field day against them. Cousins himself played against this team in Week 7, went 338 yards and four touchdowns against this team. That was in Detroit. They get to play in Minnesota this week. Cousins, not only has he succeeded against Detroit, but look, this kid is playing really well, quietly. The beginning of the season, you know, we it sticks in our mind what happens in the beginning of the season. In the beginning of the season, Kirk Cousins was throwing the ball 12 times a game. That, and let's, let's be serious here, this goes back to the pregame. I think it was the first four weeks of the season since, I think, it, maybe it was actually the first three weeks of the season. Week four, Stephon Diggs won for four TDs, whatever the fuck That was, it was week five. Okay, week five. So, so the first preseason, which actually was a real season when you're counting the guy, he disappeared. Yeah. Then he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic. His touchdown to interception ratio right now is 5.75, and that would be, if he finishes there, 15th best of all time for a single season. Now, I will grant you there are four quarterbacks playing this year that are better than that. So, probably won't... These all five of these guys probably won't stick. But, but fuck, since since he started playing worth a shit in that week five, like you mentioned, his touchdown-interception ratio was 9.0. 9. That would be ninth best of all time. Okay? Uh, let's not forget, also, he has the most touchdown passes in the league since week five, when he actually started playing well, when his coach said, yeah, you know what, just go ahead and throw the ball. Forget about this 10 passing attempts a game thing. He's got 20 touchdowns since week five. That is the most in the league. He is the third highest scoring fantasy quarterback in the league since that time. Forget about the first four weeks. I know it's really hard to do. Forget about the first four weeks. Cousins is playing well. Cousins over his entire career has played extraordinarily well against bad teams. Can't play well against good teams. But has been kicking ass against bad teams. Detroit's a really bad team. Playing at home, Cousins is going to go off. Uh, mark it. Put him in your lineup. Win your first week of your fantasy playoffs I like with it. him it, it, at the helm. I like it. And the thing that I think uh, is it's Kevin Stefanski here, right? Offensive yeah. coordinator has quietly been a very productive coordinator across. I mean, really, that took that, him took him four weeks to get there. Well, but he had Cook. He had Cook putting up points. My he, point is, is that you can. There was a point. When, there was a time when this offense you couldn't trust. That's not the case here, and you can kind of. I you can start Stephon Diggs. Just don't. You're very inconsistent still. Yes. My running back is no other. Um, I went. I, I was pretty. I went balls out last week and random picks. In in. Uh, I I'm gonna go back to a little bit more conservative. Okay. I'm gonna go with my boy Christian McCaffrey, and Did, why not? Didn't work for Iceberg last week. Yeah, I was. We we all recommended him. Going against Washington, he was bad. Bad. Um, well, bad. Bad for McCaffrey's 106 total yards, but no touchdowns. Yeah, Go that, that was bad. Yeah. Um, and why not? Because he leads the league as a running back, and folks, he has the highest floor. Just keeping it simple, there isn't a running back that has the same floor as this character. His floor might be 106 <laughs> total yards, like he had last week. Ten points. That's the floor here. Uh, um, plus goes, catches. Goes against the Falcons here and averages, which who average and give up 22.6 points per game to the running back position. Um, in week 13, they went against the Saints. They gave up 94 yards in a TD and four receptions. Week 12 against the Bucks, they gave up 133 and one TD. Over the last five weeks, they've given up 32 receptions, folks. The fact of the matter is, is McCaffrey does everything. It's a good opportunity for him. Yes, great opportunity. 
Just about as good as the Washington opportunity was, but he should he should get right. New coach, new offensive coordinator, but nothing is going to change on this team. Not a bad pick. If you're going to pick a stud, you might as well pick the fucking stud. Yeah, agreed. All right, at, at the wide receiver position, that's me. I'm going to go with Devontae Parker. Again, wide receiver one in the league last week. I think I called that, uh, and it worked out. I said in the Daily Deep Throat that he was your friend. You needed to start him. I did. Uh, and I beat you. Yeah. I beat you. Didn't say much. This week, Miami gets to face the Jets secondary, and that Jets secondary <coughs> is not very good. Look, the last time the Dolphins played the Jets, Parker and Preston Williams, when he was still playing, combined for three touchdowns between the two of them. That was in week 10. This week, Preston's not there. Since Preston left, here are some numbers for Devontae Parker, who's been just incredible. He's number four in fantasy points for wide receivers. He's number one over the last three weeks, by the way. He's number four in targets for wide receivers in the league. He's number one in receiving yards in the league, number three in air yards, and number five in yards after the catch. He's he's so good at yards right now, receiving yards total, because he's both getting it done through the air and after the catch. I think being number three in air yards and five in yak is an incredible combination of things. For Devontae Parker. You remember when Jay Cutler called Devontae Parker a better Alshon Jeffrey? Yeah. Faster Alshon Jeffrey. Look, he is starting to come to fruition. The only thing that Parker's not going for him, not got going for him, is the touchdowns that you see with Alshon Jeffrey each week. I think he's only got two over the last four four weeks. But he's getting it done everywhere else on the field. This is a great opportunity. This week specifically, uh, look to see Devontae Parker face against Maurice Cannaday. A lot this week on the outside. Candidate Bacon? Do, do you? Yeah. Do you know who Maurice Candidate even is? Auden Tate racked up 126 yards against this kid. Says a lot about him this season. So that says all you need to know about him. <laughs> Fitzpatrick is playing out of his mind right now. Devontae Parker. I, I. There's no reason that this week is not another really great week for this kid. You did not mention here, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan fucking Magic Man. Talk about. Difference makers. Well, yeah, my question One is... One way or the other. Is, is he a top 10 quarterback that you compare with Devontae Parker? I would not hesitate. The way he's been playing lately over the last few games... Who are they going against this week? The Besides New Maurice Kennedy? Your Jets. Jets. You didn't talk about Fitzy here. Is, is Fitzy a top 10 quarterback that you compare with him? Yeah, I'd definitely play Fitz. I would certainly consider Fitzpatrick, for sure. He's been playing well, man. What's the matter? Big boy can't get it up. I'm going to kick us off. We've only got two can't get it ups this week because we didn't really communicate very well prior to the show. That's okay. I'm picking Marlon Mack. Mentioned earlier, he's back at practice. I said in my office, I made a bunch of notes. You said in your office, we combined them and it just didn't work out. Yeah, we didn't talk about what we were doing. It's the problem. Remember in the beginning of the season when you were like, I think we should talk about the show before the show? We did. We did good then. For like two weeks, we did great. Well, some of us have jobs. Best intentions. I don't. God knows. Hey, I do write fantasy articles for two websites, superfluxfantasy.com and thefsgn.com. I think you guys should check them out. Great websites. Great writing staff. Crack staff. Are they as good as uh, your fantasy I'm, football league, weebly.com? I'm clear. Oh, your, your footballfantasy.weebly.com is the greatest website that has ever existed. I don't think it's been updated outside of the three and the pink, two and the stink image in 12 weeks. 
Maybe more. It might have been more like 15 weeks, but that's okay. Um, so I have a job, sir. I do those things. I also clean my house and cook for my family. I do, I, I'm a stay-at-home dad. I'm retired, and it's the greatest life. But you have to be a father. Somebody can ask for. I only have to be a father before 8 o'clock and after 5 o'clock every day. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm going to pick Marlon Mack because my can't-get-it-up guy this week. He's back. He's playing this week. But as I said at the at the jump of the show here, anytime somebody misses time comes back into the game, I'm always wary about what their usage is going to actually be. Marlon Mack is a great case from wary. Right? Jonathan Williams was passable. Last week, Naheem Hines did a lot of work passable. Jordan Wilkins even got in and did some passable work. They have options. They don't need to rush Mack into the workload that he had before he got hurt. And let's be honest, that workload was intense. He had 20-plus carries per game before he got hurt. That's a lot. Now, add to that. The Indianapolis Colts faced the Tampa Bay Bucks a couple of weeks ago. I talked to you about that Tampa Bay Bucks run defense. They give up 49 yards per game on the ground to backs. Only four touchdowns on the whole season rushing to running backs. And they've only done those four touchdowns. have only come in three games because Gurley scored two in week four. So outside of that, just two games on the season, running backs managed to get into the end zone. Now they're not as good through the air. Two weeks ago, I picked Alvin Kamara as my can't-get-it-up because he was facing Tampa Bay. And I said, the only way Kamara is going to get it done is through the air. And he did get it done through the air. You know what Marlon Mack is not going to do? He doesn't catch the ball up. He's not going to get it done through the air. Uh, here is Marlon Mack's averages in the receiving game on the season. 1.2 catches for 7.6 yards per game. Can he catch the ball? There's just something they just don't use him for. I have no fucking clue. I don't care. He, they don't we, use him. It doesn't matter. We to our sources down in Indy to figure that out. I will call my guy in Indianapolis uh, and, and talk to him. Look, this defense is good against running backs, right? The only running back on the entire season that managed double-digit points without relying on that passing game was Gurley and his two touchdowns. Even Christian McCaffrey, who scored a touchdown rushing the ball, would not have had double digits if he had not scored another touchdown in the receiving game. Nothing that Mac has shown us all year says that he's going to do anything in the receiving game. And if you're not doing it in the receiving game against the Bucks, it's not going to happen. I will say as a side note, I would not be terribly surprised if Naheem Hines has a decent flex-worthy game this week. 65% of the running back targets on the whole season have gone to Naheem Hines. Last week, he had a fair amount of rushing carries as well, including a rushing touchdown where they gave him the ball in the red zone. I wouldn't be surprised if he's... He's decent this week with a bigger workload because Mac is coming off of that injury and because they're they're just unable to get the ball moving on the ground. Any other stats? Nothing. Okay. I'm gonna go with Emmanuel Sanders. Are you complaining that I gave too much information to the people that want to know? Not at all. I'm gonna go with Emmanuel Sanders against the Saints. Oh. Um and the reason is this, folks. 49ers going into week thirteen had four straight weeks with Jimmy G scoring twenty five points. For four straight weeks, they were putting up mass amounts of points. And honestly, Emmanuel Sanders just was not getting it done then. Debo Samuel's outperforming him and in area in targets and yards and catches. George Kittle is still the number one priority, and San Fran runs the ball. So much. They're, they pound the shit out of the ball. They pound the it shit doesn't even matter who it is. Raheem Mostert gets in there and goes for 100. Who I still think looks the best of all those running backs, by the way. Um, 
But San Fran's going up against best. Last week they went up against the fucking Ravens was a top tier defense. This week they're going up against the Saints. Another top 10 defense, giving up 20.7 points per game. Emmanuel Sanders can't get it done anyways when they're putting up points. He's surely as hell not going to get done this week. Yeah, the funny thing about the Saints is, like, they're a bad run defense this year, but their pass defense is it's still good. Yeah, out as shit. Uh, interestingly, Emmanuel Sanders came over in, what was it, two and a half games before he got hurt? Yeah. In those two and a half games, he was great. He was he came the over, guy got a Garoppolo was looking for, but yeah. once he got hurt, it was the Debo Samuel show, and it, has, it hasn't turned. They haven't looked back, and they look actually better now. Yeah, fuck yeah. Um, good, good pick there. I think it's really, I mean, I'm not going to say it out loud because it won't come off, but as I look at the document and I read the way that you spelled the name Emmanuel, <laughs> it's clear to me that you, sir, are a raging fucking... That's wasted. <laughs> There's only one way to spell it. What are you talking about? It's not, it's not, it's not right. It's not, <laughs> it's not right, though. Take your last shot, goddammit. Hide your kids. The boys are flex trafficking again. Let's talk flex spots, flex traffic. Since I filled out the document before the big whiz here, I get the guy that we both wanted to put on the list. That is Kareem Hunt running back for the Cleveland Browns playing against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. Let me tell you something. Since Kareem Hunt has come back, I said time and time again in the preseason, Kareem Hunt's going to come back and he's going to kill Nick Chubb's value. And he's doing that 100%. Now, uh, Nick Chubb has had some really good weeks with Kareem Hunt in the game. But l- this is the important stat that I want to share with you guys that you need to know. Here's the snap share numbers for Kareem Hunt since he came back. In his first week back, he saw 54% of the team's snaps. Nick Chubb saw 81%. The week after that... Kareem Hunt's share went up to 55%. Nick Chubb came down to 72 The week after that, Kareem Hunt saw 57% of the snap share. Nick Chubb saw 57% of the ch- snap share. Last week, guys, Kareem Hunt saw 65% of the snap share to Nick Chubb's 59 There is a pattern here. Nick Chubb is going to lose you your playoff matchups. I said that before the season started, and it's happening because he's not on the field as much week after week after week after week. He's seeing less and less of the field as Kareem Hunt sees more and more of the field, whether that's because Kareem Hunt is a more talented player, a more well-rounded game, or because he's fresh. I don't know, but it's what's happening. Kareem Hunt has taken over as the pass-catching back on this team, 70% of the running back targets since he came back onto this team, including three to zero red zone targets over the last three weeks. He's the pass catching back, period, regardless of where they are on the field. Now, while we're talking about red zone, this was a stat that blew my fucking mind when I saw it. Now, Nick Chubb has the fifth most carries inside the five-yard line in the league. He's got 12 carries inside the five-yard line. His total yardage on those 12 carries, do you have a guess? I know you're reading this thing. Um, I would, is average? If you were, no, total fucking Yeah, yardage, yardage. I would play the stat, now, I would play the stat game, I would go with 50. Now I know you're inside the fucking five, so there's not a lot of room to go. But on his 12 carries inside the five, Nick Chubb has totaled. Okay, let's say 25. He has totaled 
negative 10 yards. That sounds good. Negative 10. Only two other backs with more than two carries inside the five have negative yardage. Okay, Fournette has eight carries for negative two. Barkley has five carries for negative one. <laughs> Nick Chubb has 12 carries, negative 10 yards. Do you remember the game two weeks ago? The Cleveland Browns had first and goal on the two. Not only did they fail on first, second, and third down with Nick Chubb, but they also, or on third down, they got a pass interference and got four more tries, seven plays, Nick Chubb got six of those carries and failed to gain a fucking yard. There's something going on here. Nick Chubb or the line on this team can not score. Chubby does have, what, is it 10 TDs? He's got a lot, but they're not from inside not 10 TDs. It might be a 7 or 8, sorry. Now, 7 or 8. Now, uh, of those carries, those 12 carries, only 16% of those 12 carries have scored a touchdown. Now, there's two guys in the league, that three guys in the league, that have a lower percentage. Joe Mixon has only 12% of his inside the five carries score. Barkley and Gus Edwards have zero. Okay. Um, interestingly, Kareem Hunt is what I meant to write there. Is at 50%. He's carried the ball twice inside the five and scored one of those times. <laughs> Nick Chubb is a great running back, but inside the five, he can't do it. Expect more and more of those carries to go to Hunt. Nick Chubb is no longer getting the receiving work out of the backfield as Hunt has taken that over. Hunt is taking over the majority of the snap share game long from Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt is a great running back. This week is a great matchup. If the pattern continues, this kid's looking at almost 70% of the snap share and a huge chunk of the red zone work. I like Kareem Hunt to do well against Cincinnati. I think both of these backs actually have a good game. Do you want to bet 70% in the snap share? No, I don't, because I don't think that pattern will continue. It's hard to get 70%, but but I will. If you want to bet that he's going to have more than 58, I will. If you want to bet that he'll have a a higher percentage of snap share than Nick Chubb. I'm not going to make that bet. Um, I'll bet that he outsnaps Chubb. No, I'm not willing to do that. Okay. Which is insane because Chubb was so good so early on. So good. Anyway, Kareem Hunt's going to have a big game. Fucking roll him out there. Um, one of the stats you did bring up here. I got and, real heated. And I'm, I'm actually going to ask this question. In, in Take my shirt off. A very openness. I just want to hear a general statement. Is Barkley the number one bust to date in fantasy football 2019? There's so many busts, man. Is Barkley, who should have been the number one player, the number one bust. You know what? Between Barkley and Kamara, it's one of those two. Yes. Which yeah. w- which of those two? I would pick Barkley just because, well, compared to what he did last year, he, yeah. he was CMC last year. Yeah. I, I thought Kamara was going to be the number one overall, so to me it's probably a heat. Probably edges out Barkley. But, yeah, both of them are really bad. Okay. Remember, there was no question in any ranker's mind in the world, CMC, Zeke, Kamara, and Barkley were the top four. Yep, there was nothing, and two of those guys. Uh, you could have, almost say Zeke has. I mean, he's been he's been fine. He's been okay. He's already what he's got eleven hundred yards rushing already. Yeah, he's, he's been fine. okay, but I mean, he's not eight nine touchdowns. He hasn't been setting the world on fire by any means. No, but he's been good. He's been consistent. Two of those guys are massive busts. Yep. Um, I'm gonna. We were talking about a guy named Patrick Laird. Have you heard of him? You know what? He's on our dynasty team. You don't know that, but he's on our dynasty. <laughs> Patrick team. Laird, folks. First the Jets. That's right, Patrick Laird. We talked about the He plays running back for the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, by the way. He plays for the Dolphins, and we talked about this Dolphins team earlier. Um, Kalen Balaj is out. 
Leonard has, has got 11 points in each of his last three games. During those three games, he's had at least two games with four catches each, folks. The bottom line is this. His floor isn't that bad, and we're talking about flex options, and you're trying to plug random players in. This is not a bad option to put in here. Let me go one step further than Kalen uh, Balaj is out. Earlier in the season, when they first traded away Drake, they went and picked up Mark Walton. Out. Also cut from the team. Cut. Patrick, they're well, running out of fucking domestic violence. Yeah, 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 they're running out of running backs. Not with my buddy Laird. His white boy. White. That's why Froggy likes him. Yeah. Um, the Jets are going to be without their best defensive player, Jamal Adams, due to an ankle. They give up twenty-two point four points per game to this running back position. And the Dolphins, we said before, they've been putting up points. There's no reason why they won't continue this week against the Jets. I'm going to give you a second player here to play in this spot. Before you do, I want to say that like the best thing that you said here is Jamal Adams is out because Jamal Adams is a great run supporting safety, and he's gone. That makes a difference. Jamal Adams is fabulous. He that makes a fucking difference. Would you, so going back to the twenty is it the twenty yes sixteen they, yes I I screamed at the TV before the pick the Bears should have just taken fucking Jamal Adams <laughs> as the guy that I wanted all along. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was, I'm going to agree with you on that. I would have rather had Jamal Adams and Mitchell Trubisky, and it doesn't matter. Every day since then, yeah. I would have rather had Jamal Adams. Because as I said from then, and I, I repeat it now, what they needed was a goddamn sitting out. Eddie Jackson's good. Eddie Jamal Jackson's Adams is better. good. But they need, a sa- they need a mean fucking safety to be the Bears' defense. And Jamal Adams is legitimately the guy. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that. Yeah. Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, that's, that's the kind of player Jamal Adams is. That is a huge comparison that you just made. Give him time. Over time, we'll see if he gets there. If he does that, then you are right. Then he's a Hall of Fame player. Uh, the second player I'm going to give you guys, folks, is this. I'm going back to the well. And yes, that is Will, Will, Will Fuller. How are his hamstrings? He's playing. They're fine. He's playing. Um, he's going against Denver this week, right? And Denver has been... Denver's a legitimate defense. Here's the thing, though. He's not going against Chris Harris. Chris Harris will go against Nuke. Okay, he's not getting the double coverage. He's not getting the best corner, one of the best corners in the game. Mike Williams, Cole Beasley, Jarvis Landry all went for at least, at least, sixteen points against the fucking Broncos the last three weeks. This guy will put up points. He's good enough, and they throw the fucking ball. Will Fuller is going to get points this week. The big difference between even Mike Williams, Cole Beasley, and Jarvis Landry is like, in order to get that sixteen points, they had a lot of volume. Targets. You don't need that with Will Fuller. And, and you know, Cole, obviously Cole Beasley's a slot guy. Jarvis Landry puts a lot of his stuff in a slot. Mike Williams not a slot guy. Will Fuller's not a slot guy. Like, I like the three names you put there because they cover a lot of of what Will Fuller gives you, except Will Fuller's faster than all of them. Will Fuller's faster than all of them. Will Fuller, he can do everything that those guys do and more. That's right. That's right. I like it. Unfortunately, I think I'm sitting Will Fuller in our Flexual Frustration League this week. Well, that might change that. Yeah, maybe, I probably would change that. Maybe you convinced me. I don't know. Are you? Have you taken your last shot? Have you taken five or you just take the four? I'm done, buddy. I think you got one more to go. Oh, no, I did my last one with the screwball. The screwball was pretty good. <clears throat> it, it sucked in the beginning, but it, it, it finished nice. Now that's a stream. All right, guys, streamers this week. I'm going 
No, you're going first. I'm going first. You're going to hit folks. us with a streaming quarterback. Who's going to Who's going to win this first fantasy playoff matchup for folks? It's Ryan Tannehill. We've talked about him again and again the last several weeks on the show and in this position, folks. But the fact of the matter is, this is the sixth week in a row he's gone for at least two TDs. Okay, it's just keeping it very simple. The guy has put up points. There's a you can there's a good chance he's not owned. There's a good chance he's not playing, and he has a good enough matchup going against the fucking Raiders, who have been a shit show. They get up 25.2 points per game against fucking quarterbacks. They rank 29th overall. Last week we said that Tannehill was the had had the second most points per game of all quarter, quarterbacks yep. in fantasy. I don't know if that holds true after last week. I don't know. I haven't looked, but. I don't, I don't think it does. He's only 46% owned in <laughs> Yahoo. Like, how is that a thing? This guy is playing out of his fucking mind. He's playing better than any... He There's a... There's a you can, because you can name... It, not, you can name 10, 10 names that have, are bigger than Ryan Tannehill. Bigger names. Bigger names. That's my point. Bigger names. But there's a there's a 80% chance that Tannehill has been outscoring your fantasy quarterback since he's had the starting role on this team. Go pick him up. What's the, what's the trouble? Go go, go pick him up. I, I think that the not only that, but he's going against the Raiders, who have for, for 14 weeks have scored, have been the 29th ranked defense here, folks. The fact right. of the matter is, if he is putting up that many points and he's only 40 percent owned, there's a good chance he's going to outperform your starting your starting quarterback. Yeah. All right. Let's talk tight ends. I'm going back to the well. Last week when I talked about daily deep throat, I said, look, Gerald Everett's out. Play Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby, by the way, against the Arizona Cardinals, was the number one scoring fantasy tight end in the league. Now, it looks like Everett is going to be out again. Double check this right before the games get going. But uh, roll Higby out again. Last week, he happened to be playing the tight end Kingmakers, the Arizona Cardinals. But here's the deal Tyler Higby is now playing the Seattle Seahawks, who give up the second most points on the season to tight ends. Hmm. Go ahead and do it! Now, the difference is, like, Arizona's given up 17 points on average to tight ends. Seattle's given up 12 and a half, so it's a big difference. Huge difference. But they're still the second worst against that position, and Higby, when he's got his opportunities this year, including last week, he's been good. Jared Goff, here's, you know what? Counteract my Nick Foles. I said it was a get-right game for Jared Goff, and it was. Maybe maybe they're fine now. Maybe they're ready. Do you know, did you hear what your boy said? Who? Shawnee McVay. What did he say? He said he's been an idiot all year and not giving Todd Gurley the ball. Cha. Yeah. Okay. Fucking. Give your best player the ball and the rest of the team performs. I want to throw two names out here that I also kind of like at the tight end position, and I was grappling between those three names. I picked Higby in the end. But if, let's say Everett does end up getting on the field, I like Vance McDonald this week. Why? Because he's got the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, that's not a hard that's thing. That's a huge streamer because he's been below average. That, this guy early it's, not a, it's not a hard thing to do. Find the Arizona, uh, the team playing Arizona, play that tight end. I also kind of like Mike Kosicki again. Look, six and a half targets per game over the last five games. Six, 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 seven, and seven targets in each of the last five games. That's the kind of volume that you just don't see at the tight end position. Not a lot of super high value targets necessarily. He's finished these games with three, four catches for 30 yards, but you could do worse than six and a half targets per game 
at the tight end if you're really deep and you're really desperate. Kasiki's not a bad play. I like Higby best, though. I'm also giving you your defensive streamer of the week this week. Going back to that New York Jets-Miami game, I said Devontae Parker and Brian Fitzpatrick should have big games. But as we said since week one on this show this year, players on an offense can perform well and the opposing defense can still do fine on in fantasy. I'm taking the New York Jets defense to do just fine in fantasy. Did you know that the New York Jets have given up the least rushing yards per game in the NFL on the season, even less than Tampa Bay? I didn't know that, but I think it's an interesting stat. You picked you picked, picked Patrick Laird as your streamer against what turns out to be. Now, they've given up more touching, touchdowns. Patrick Laird's got six points per week go, just, I, just I, in interceptions. I don't, hate, I don't hate him. I don't hate that pick. But I think if you're streaming and you're really deep and you're really struggling once again, I think the Jets are okay. They're middle of the road in every statistical category outside of that rushing yards. Um, but there's an opportunity here because... When Fitz Magic gets going, there's only two outcomes to every pass, it feels like. Touchdown or an interception. He was a perfect pairing with Jameis Winston last year because they both do the same thing. They, they're they gunners, man. They just throw the fucking ball. They throw it downfield. And some of those are going to be long touchdown passes to Parker. Some of those are going to get turned over. Uh, I, I don't hate the Jets as a streaming team. There's not a... To be I, clear, I don't hate this, this, this pick, but this was the question I have here. If I'm picking a streaming defense, I want a defense that has the ability, or a special team that has the ability, to take it to the house. I don't, I don't know that that's what you get. You're not getting that. No. I, there is not a streaming defense that I like a lot this week, though. So, like, you're digging. There's not. There's just not a lot there. Give me, give me the Jets against Miami, because there are a lot of defenses have scored touchdowns against yeah. Miami and not against anybody else's here. So, it the opportunity's there. All I'm saying. I'm not sure they have the playmakers, especially without Jamal Adams, to make that happen. Yeah, maybe not. But if you're going to do it, you're going to do it against the Dolphins. Daily deep throat. Listeners, take two seconds to guess, just to yourselves and with your buddies, who's going to be giving you this uh, segment this week? How did I do in daily deep throat? Not good yeah, enough. You came in last place. I won. <laughs> I'm giving you, once again, the options. As I say every week, it seems like, because I'm the only one that ever gets to do this fucking segment. You're never going to get rich. You're never going to go broke. Listening to my advice, you're going to take down the 50-50s. That's all I ever guarantee. Here are some names for you that I like. As always, I'm going to give you some expensive names, some cheaper names, so you can decide where you actually want to spend your money, and you'll have options from here. This show, Your Football Fantasy uh, regardless of where you like to drop that cash. Now, I will tell you that at the quarterback position, the top two quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, have really tough matchups, but just about everybody else near the top looks there are a lot of great options at quarterback this week. For me, I chose Aaron Rodgers versus the Washington Redskins, $8,400. I think he was the fifth most expensive quarterback um, worth it. Look at the way he's been playing lately. The Washington Redskins is a bad defense. There's no reason Rodgers doesn't throw four touchdowns again. Like, this is something that should happen. Kirk Cousins at 8200 bucks is my stud of the week at quarterback. I told you why Detroit sucks so bad earlier. And then Tannehill. Uh, you know, you said it earlier as, as your streamer, Tannehill's a solid option at playing against a really shitty defense. Only $7,300. So if you want to save some money, I think that's a really great play. I think that's my quarterback in our daily deep throat this week, Ryan Tannehill. Running back position, 
Derrick Henry has been Derrick Henry. Right now, he's the second most expensive running back at $9,100. CMC is, again, 11000 Last week, we got behind that $11,000. All listed. Did I say Hunter Henry? I meant Derrick. Derrick Henry. Okay. Question, though, is we all got behind $11,000. 100% of the people in the Daily Elite throw. I'm not sure I'd recommend that again. I'm not doing it this week. This week, I'm taking... Derrick Henry versus Oakland, a really shitty defense, 9100 bucks. I like Fournette this week against the Chargers, who have also been a really bad run defense this year, surprisingly, uh, with some of that front seven. 7500 bucks if you want to roll Fournette out here. Here's a lot of really good value picks this week, though, at the running back position. Darius Geis, who went over 100 yards and scored last week, he has fully taken over that Washington run game. Gets to play Green Bay, who Green Bay's rush defense is not good. They have a lot of players who are hurt. They can they can get after the quarterback okay, but their rush defense is very bad. I think they're in the bottom seven or eight in the league overall right now. Geis only costs you sixty three hundred bucks. Now I know the game script doesn't say Darius Geis is worth a play, but worth doing. Uh, another super high value pick, Benny Snell Jr. playing against them Arizona Cardinals for sixty one hundred dollars. James Conner is out. Benny Snell has legitimately taken over the starting role from Jalen Samuels. Uh, and, and this is a kid that's playing well. He does everything on the field that James Conner could do. 6100 bucks, do it. And at $6,000, Devontae Freeman playing against the Carolina Panthers, who the Carolina Panthers are the worst team against fantasy running backs in the league. Wide receivers this week. Last week I said Devontae <laughs> Adams was a lock. This week I say Devontae Adams is a lock. 8400 bucks. He scored two touchdowns last week, by the way. Pretty good. I don't think his yardage was very high, but Devontae Adams doesn't need his yardage to be high. Give me those touchdowns. At 8400 bucks. That's, that's as much as I will, am willing to spend at wide receiver. I also like Robert Woods for Seattle. Wood, what do you have, 14 catches last week? 18 yeah, turns. Right stupid. 7500 bucks. Seattle's pass defense is trash. Take advantage. Kenny Galladay, I know you said Marvin Jones is the guy with however many touchdowns, but Kenny Galladay has been just an incredible wide he's receiver. Right behind him, so. I don't know where he is finished. I don't know where he's at right now, but I would wager a guess that he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver on the uh, season. Easy yeah. right now. Playing against Minnesota, and Minnesota's uh, a good defense, great defense against the run, but not all that great against the pass. I think Kenny G's got an opportunity here. 7400 bucks, pretty cheap. Go ahead and play that guy. And at 6700 bucks, the cheapest I'm going at wide receiver this week is James Washington, who his last two weeks with, what's the guy's name? Delvin Hodge? Devin, what? Duck Hodges. Duck Hodge. 6700 bucks. This kid is doing it with Hodges. Playing against the Arizona Cardinals. Not only are the Arizona Cardinals the tight end <clears throat> kingmakers, but they're the worst defense against Fantasy wide receivers on the season. So James Washington has silently put up a, a very, very high floor of, so of, good. of a touchdown in 80 yards receiving. So good. For 6700 bucks. do it. Do it proudly. At the tight end position this week, I like Hunter Henry because Hunter Henry is the second best tight end uh, numbers per game since he's been back from injury. Only going to cost you $6,400 to do it against Jacksonville's defense. Jack Doyle! We talked about last week at length with Ebron out. Will Doyle get all the work, all that Ebron work? He had 11 targets last week. Yes, that is his plus Ebron's work. Going to happen again. Tight end uh, against Tampa Bay. This is a valuable position to play against a really bad defense. The entire passing defense for Tampa Bay sucks. 
do it 6300 bucks or you can go Tyler Higby we talked about it earlier 5700 is bargain basement go for it one player that you did not mention here specifically that we talked about earlier why is Vance McDonald not listed in, in this exact spot? here's the reason Vance McDonald's not listed against Arizona because I drafted Vance McDonald in three leagues yeah and, he's and bad. he is he he's has terrible. hurt my team so yeah. so I don't have the trust to put him in there now I trust anybody against Arizona but he has burned me time and time again, so I'm not going to pay for him. Yeah, and he's not that much cheaper than Higby, who I think has at least the opportunity to do as well. But the interesting thing here in Daly, it's it. You might state that, but to me, it's all about the the yeah. The, figure out the value that works for for to create your best team. Yeah. And, and if that means that you put in Vance McDonald, but it gets you Fournette versus Devontae Freeman, to me, you do it. Yeah, you're not wrong. Like, he's a good play. I have personally been too spurned to put him in this segment or put him into my lineups. So sometimes to our listeners, that doesn't mean I, you I think you get too emotionally attached to your players. Oh, fuck yeah. I'm an emotional man. Jesus. Um, all right. Lastly, defenses here. Defenses are defenses. All right. Green Bay versus Washington is the most expensive defense at five grand for a reason. I know they're not a great defense, but Washington and Dwayne Haskins fucking suck. So do it. Uh, Cleveland's defense for forty six hundred bucks against the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, who's the quarterback there? I can't even remember his name. The Red Rocket. Oh, he because he's back. Yeah, yeah. So they've they've I mean they've been producing yards and even some points, but like forty six hundred bucks maybe play that. What quarterback is throwing the most interceptions right now on a game to game basis besides Haskins? Throw Haskins out. It's gotta be Jameis Winston, right? Probably. He might, he might be the best player. Uh, that's why I, my third defense here is the Indianapolis Colts against Tampa Bay because I always like a defense against Tampa Bay. Remember, Tampa Bay is going to score points, but Tampa Bay loves to turn the fucking ball over. Loves. And you get points. Positive point production from defense is how you win. It doesn't matter how much. Yes, you lose points when opponents score against your defense, but you don't. that's not what you should be looking at, guys. You should be looking at sacks. You should be looking at turnovers. These are the positive point productions. You don't want to avoid losing points by picking teams that aren't going to score against your guy. You want teams that can turn the ball over. You want teams that can score fucking points. And Tampa Bay gives up positive point production to defenses. And Indianapolis has been at least, at the very least, a middle-of-the-road defense in every game they've played this year. They have been good in more games than not. And to our listeners, what I'll tell you is in, the one good thing Indy does is they pound the shit out of the ball. When you pound the ball, you control the clock. When you control the clock, you keep the other team's offense off the field, which lowers the points given up. The, generally, I'd agree, but Tampa Bay's real good against that run. Real good. Uh, and Indy's fucking going to pound the ball. What does that tell you? There's a good try. chance it's going to be a fucking low-scoring game. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I don't think it's going to be low-scoring, but... But you want to bet the over-under? No, it's going to be all relative. What's low scoring for this this shit game? I'm saying I want to look at the over-under from Vegas and see what it is and see if you want to bet it. What is it? Where'd it go? Fuck, where'd it go? 50 and a half. That's high. Yeah, I'll take the under. I'll take the over for a bet. Just because you don't have a bet. It's a bet. It's a bet. Yay! Much huskier and deeper than me on that. Yeah, she's way sexier than you. <laughs> In every way. Would you rather? Let's do would you rather. There's only two of us here, so that we've decided to do it this way. Instead of doing ten uh, would you rather questions, you're going to give me five. I'm going to give you five. 
if you get one right, that means I get I get the the options I gave you wrong. So we'll kind of we'll are we going compete. back and forth? We'll kind of compete. We'll go back and forth. You can kick us off. Start with quarterbacks. Who's your quarterback matchup that you want me to pick between Jameis Winston against that indie game or Carson versus the Giants? That's a good one, right? Because Carson's been playing okay, but Jameis Winston can score points. I'm gonna Jameis take... puts up points. Carson's been has he been okay? Well, last week, last week. He supported the number two wide receiver. He's been inconsistent. In fact, I'm going to take Carson Wentz against a really bad New York Giants pass. They're so bad, that pass defense. Indianapolis is a better defense. I trust that. And I'm going to take Carson Wentz. He seems to me like the more, believe it or not, the more consistent floor because Jameis is so up and down. I'm counting on a down week for Jameis Winston. Yeah. Your quarterback selection here, sir, is going to be this. You got a great quarterback with a really fucked up matchup. This is Drew Brees versus San Francisco 49ers. Or you got an eh quarterback with a cush ass matchup, and that's Sam Darnold versus the Miami Dolphins. Darnold, who you can pretty much stream, or Brees, who you drafted and is on your roster playing in a tough week. Who do you like? Um, Brees is going against Sam Fran. Sam Fran proved anything to you last week going against the number one fantasy player is they have a fabulous defense. And they beat the shit out of him mm-hmm. in numerous times. Um, Darnold against Miami, who's been bad. I will take Darnold here because for some random reason, I don't know what happened the fucking last week against the goddamn Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, so he, bad. He just didn't put any points. But prior to that, he had four weeks of, of, of 22 points per game. Give, give me Sam Darnold. Yeah, okay. I'll go first on his first running. We'll just go back and forth like this. Uh, my first running back choice for you, Le'Veon Bell, who has... Let's be honest, he's been disappointing. Not like total fucking trash barrel disappointing, but he's just not scored at all. But he gets to play that same Miami Dolphins defense. Or Devontae Freeman, who you just mentioned, gets to play the Carolina Panthers' easiest matchup. So two, two two running backs who were drafted higher than they've performed all year. Neither of them have tough matchups this week. Which one do you like? I, I, I think these are both bad running backs in general. Le'Veon Bell, for all our listeners, is my ugly stick. Devonta Freeman, I if you haven't heard me say it all year long, I think he's bad. He continues to be bad. He doesn't put up points. Yeah, you got to say I, one I, name. I, I want to hear it. If I have to choose the good, the bad, the ugly here, um, I'll I'll take Le'Veon Bell just because I think he's going to get more opportunity. Hear that, Lev Bell? Mm-hmm. Um, my running back option for you is a fucking shitload better, much mm-hmm. more interesting here. Sure, I'm taking Derrick Henry against Oakland. Domination of a defense in Aaron Jones versus Washington. Who Aaron Jones and Gavin about earlier, this guy's fucking tied with CMC is 10 fucking TDs, one per game over the last 10 weeks. Aaron Jones right now seems a lot to me like the Jameis Winston of running backs. It's either all, it's all or nothing with this guy. He is scoring 40 fantasy points or he's scoring four fantasy points. But don't, Derek Henry falls in that. Derrick Henry, his floor has been a lot higher. Look, I love Aaron Jones. I have him in a couple of places, and he has won me a lot of games, but he's also lost me a couple. And as much as it pains me to say it, in this case, just like the quarterback case, I'm taking the guy that seems to have a more consistent floor, and I'm going to take Derrick Henry versus the Oakland Raiders. Hmm. Yeah, go ahead and hit me with the next one. I'm not sure we've gone with that one. Um, my running back here is Todd Gurley versus Seattle, who... McVeigh said he's been an idiot all year long for not giving him the ball more. Or Nick Chubby 
versus Cincy. You heard me talk about it. I mean, I got fucking emotional <coughs> when I was talking about Kareem Hunt earlier and Nick Chubb. Tears. My boy has tears. I, I think Nick Chubb has a nice game, as does Kareem Hunt, against a Cincinnati defense that is very bad. But in this case, look, there's no reason not to believe that Todd Gurley is going to get fed the ball in Cincinnati. In fact, Todd Gurley is going to have to get it going to keep the Seattle offense and Russell Wilson off the field. Are you convinced he's going to get enough touches, though? This that. is a really tough pick for me. This is a great, is a great is a great matchup here. This between these two guys this is a good good choices here. Um, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Todd Gurley. I don't love it, but I wouldn't love it if I picked Chubb either. I'm taking Todd Gurley here just because I think the team's got to lean on him, and Chubb is Chubb's going in the wrong direction for me. That's the problem here. Is Chubb's going the your stats earlier so that just he's trending. This opportunity is going down. That's not what you want. Not at all. Here's two running backs. Uh, we're digging deep on these two. The okay. Fuck. We're digging deep. Uh, first off, Benny Snell Jr. mentioned it earlier. He is now the lead running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers playing against those Arizona Cardinals. Real trash defense. Or James White, who up until the last few weeks prior to last week had disappeared. But last week came on and had a huge game. Was a top five or eight, whatever it was, running back for fantasy. Gets to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. Another really bad run defense. Two bad run defenses. Two cheap fantasy running backs. Both of them, in recent weeks, has performed. Who do you like? We said it before, Arizona's a terrible defense. Just bad. They give up points everywhere. Um, KC is the same thing. Against the running back position, KC is the worst. They give up 30.4 points per game to the running back position. Uh, I do think that my boy, Sony Michelle, had a good game. But the fact of the matter is, Sony Michelle gets gets spelled out all the time. And James White's got a opportunity for him. Give me James White. He appears to flash at the end of the year. That feels to me like one I'd willing to bet. Wanna? 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 It, to me, it kind of seems like it's trash and trash. I think I think both of those guys will be top 20 running backs, and I think Benny Snell edges wide out. I mean, I'll take the bet. I just don't see it. I, there's not a lot of difference here. That's why I put him head-to-head in Would You Rather. All right, let me give you my first receiver option here. I got Jarvis Landry. Now, Jarvis Landry's target share on his team is amongst the best in the NFL over the past six weeks. Or a a similar receiver. Slot receiver gets a ton of targets for his team. That's Jamison Crowder playing against the Miami Dolphins. Two bad defenses. Two slot receivers who get a lot of looks, but not necessarily a lot of fantasy uh, love. Which one do you like? I don't like either of them again. Um, the reason I don't like Landry here against Cincy, which I think Cincy's just garbage, um, is because that Odell's still there. And Odell's clearly number one option. Yeah, except that Landry leads him in targets in all but two games on the season. And TDs as well, correct? Yes. Um, and catches and yards, everything. Jameson Crowder versus Miami. Uh... I, 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 same thing. Leaves his team in the same categories Landry does. The problem here with Crowder that I just don't like and can't get behind is I think Robbie Anderson is a better player. He's a he's a higher ceiling. Landry's floor is so much higher than Crowder. Give me Landry. Okay. Hit me. Julian Edelman versus the Chiefs. We just started this game before. Terrible defense or DJ Moore versus Hot Atlanta. A fucking garbage defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these are two... 
two wide receivers that are doing really well right now. Two studs. Yeah, on they're flashing. But but the, I think neither of these guys are like when you think about the best wide receivers <laughs> in the league. Neither of these guys come up. Yeah, they don't flash to you. But fuck. They're playing well. And DJ Moore, we said it last week, he had, what, 14 targets at least in each of the last three games prior to last week. Love that. Love both matchups. I drafted Julian Edelman in every league I've got. Love him because of the volume he gets. The issue for me is this, what it comes down to. He has a very low ceiling. Edelman. Yes. He has a low ceiling just because his depth of target is a lot less. Even less than DJ Moore's, which is not very deep either. But between the two... Good matchups, good receivers, similar receivers, similar type game on the these receivers. I know DJ Moore doesn't play in the slot, but he catches his depth of target. It's not that much deeper than Edelman's. Uh, the difference is twofold. One, in the red zone, Edelman edges out DJ Moore, I think, quite significantly target-wise. And two, DJ Moore is playing with a brand-new coach right now. That's going to hurt him. I think it's going to hurt him. I'm taking Edelman against the Chiefs. Though I love both of those matchups, and neither of those guys would... I wouldn't be against either of those guys in, like, a daily. Yeah, I think you're correct. Edelman, to me, is just... There's too much there on a consistent basis that he's going to get the ball. It's just... He perpetually will get you eight catches. Always. He's fucking 38 years old. He's yeah. going to keep doing it. He's 31, whatever. <coughs> Go ahead. Last wide receiver, folks. Didi Westbrook against L.A. Chargers, who have been awful. Or James Washington. Getting thrown to by Duck Hodges against the Cardinals. Well, we said last week, D.D. Westbrook's floor has been quietly one of the higher, maybe the highest wide receiver two on his team's floor in the league. It's so good. And last week, Iceberg picked D.D. Westbrook in a lot of places, and he performed really well for him as a flex option. I like it. I like D.D. Westbrook. But James Washington's ceiling has been through the roof of late. And I'm flip flopping from my my Jameis, uh, from my Chris or uh, Carson Wentz and Derrick Henry picks here, and I'm taking the guy in this case with the higher ceiling because I think James Washington has a really nice week against a bad Cardinals team. Juju West, Juju Smith Schuster is out again. Uh, go ahead and roll out James Washington, and I think he does really well this week. I like it. Your your last wide receiver pick is Calvin Ridley, playing against the Carolina Panthers defense. Julio Jones, not likely to play. Again? It's real questionable. I don't actually... I'm going to look it up as we go. Um, but uh, it is what it is. The other one is this. Robert Woods against the Seattle Seahawks. Bad pass defense. Uh, Robert Woods went fucking off last week. As we know, we said earlier, Ridley has gone fucking off of late. What's going to happen? Well, the uh, the, ooh, the studio ooh. monitor did die. Julio Jones will play. Um, Julio Jones a- actually interesting. Julio Jones and Austin Hooper will play this week. I have a hard time believing Austin Hooper will play. Fact, fact. Seven hours ago, the report came out that said Julio Jones and Austin Hooper will play. Maybe he does. Maybe I mean, I like Ridley a lot. Um, but I guess what I would tell you is. I'm going Ridley, or who's my other option? Robert Woods. Yeah, Robert Woods has gotten too much opportunity here against a bad defense. And the problem here with Seattle is they give up points. They get, you saw it last week against fucking Minnesota. They have points continuously. They're not good. They can't stop people. Don't become dissuaded by years of past when this actually was a good team, defensively speaking. 
it's hard to forget that. Yeah. It's hard to forget that, but their pass defense is bad. Okay. That is an interesting would you rather. I liked it. Who you got? Now, if you're still in a survivor in week 14, I don't believe you. I mean, you've either won or lost at this point. There's no survivor league that's still going, is there? Whatever. I'll give you a team that you may not have picked yet. If you didn't pick them in the first two weeks, you haven't picked them at all all season. That's the Cleveland Browns. They're going to beat Cincinnati Bengals. Right now, the line is seven points for Cleveland. Give it to me. Where's the game at? I want to say Cincinnati. I'm not that confident in Cleveland because I think Cincinnati with the Red Rocket back there is is at least... It's in Cleveland. All he does is throw the ball very far down the field, rack up lots of yards, and lose the game. That's all he's done all year. They didn't lose the game last week. Yeah, they didn't. Um, They beat the shit out of the Jets. They beat the shit out of the Jets. It doesn't matter. Cleveland's going to fuck up Cincinnati. I just... I know the... Is the the M still listening to the show? He was a, he was a host at one point. Who the imp? Yeah, of course the imp still. I, does the imp still listen? I have the a hard time getting behind the kitchens. Kitchens is a fucking idiot. Yeah, he's not great. He was Terrible better, coach. much better last year as interim than he is. This huh? Year. Bad. Baker's also bad. You know the imp's the guy that uh, by one half point has the buy over me. In fact, in my home league, the two buys one two C go to the imp and his wife. Oh wow! Who came in one? Who finished one two last year? What about that? Getting the shit kicked out of you by his wife. I have done sexual things with the two of them in a bed together. So I feel okay about by it. By yourself? I mean, the three of us were in the bed together and stuff happened. You were, I feel, you felt the I'm imp's just penis. saying. You felt the imp's penis. It's long and thick. Both things. It's the winning combo that you look for in any, any fantasy uh, <laughs> study. Uh, I'll, I'll, give me Cleveland. Go ahead. I don't care. Yes, Kitchen sucks. Cleveland I, sucks, but they're going to beat the Bengals. I, I will take Tennessee against Oakland. I just I think Tennessee is rolling there. Good enough defense, and Tannehill's playing well. Oakland, I think this game is in the Coliseum, which is which can be tough to play against, but the fact of the matter is you can't fucking buy into Oakland. The defense is terrible, and Tannehill's playing good. I told you before this started, like when this game opened, it was a pick'em game, and I wish I'd have bet it because I think Tennessee wins this game by a fair margin. Right now it's... Three points for Tennessee, but this is a good. This was a good pick. I like Tennessee. Tannehill, right? Mm-hmm. How many times is Tannehill? Derrick Henry, right? Like, fucking do it. Hey guys, fuck off! I gotta pee. Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com. <laughs>